All right, welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 19 of the 2023 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And this is the second episode of the pre-combine edition. And last podcast, we talked about the defensive lineman because if you haven't noticed already, on March the 2nd, this coming Thursday, They've kind of flipped the script a little bit. We used to see the running backs and the offensive linemen take the field first before we, the quarterbacks would hit on Friday. I think what they're really doing is turning it on its head a little bit. We're going to get the defensive linemen and the linebackers. So we're going to get to see Jalen Carter and Will Anderson on the first day of the combine. Really set the tone. Then on Friday, you're going to get to see all of those defensive backs, all those corners that we're talking about in the first two rounds of the draft, from your Christian Coleman to your Joey Porter to your uh, Devin Witherspoon to your Clark Phillips the third to Cam Smith. There are corners, depending on what you need, they've got it in this year's draft class. And then your, your primetime event there on Saturday, then you're going to get your quarterbacks and you get to see Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis take the field. So, Obviously, since we're, we're going in order here, so we talked about the defensive linemen. Today, it's all about the linebackers. we got 34 linebackers that are going to be at the Combine and actually taking the field on March the 2nd. So what I want to do is just kind of take you through each of these linebackers, really just talk about what I'm looking forward to most as they take the field. And the first linebacker, LB1, is going to be your Sierra Abdullah out of Louisville. Look, he's got Will Anderson right behind him. We already know that Jalen Carter is not going to compete at the Combine. Will Will Anderson Jr. do the same, or will we see him participate in all of the events? That's going to be a big question mark. We'll get to him here in just a second. But Yasir Abdullah, this is a guy who's known for his, his rushing off the edge, able to beat guys with his inside rush. Uh, this guy's a team captain. I think he'll do well in the interviews. Um, you know, What you really want to see is just how, how good of an athlete is he? What can he do? Can he drop into coverage a little bit? Um, Want to see that that uh, the fluidity in his hips? Or is he a real stiff linebacker? Because I think this is a guy who, who's really underrated, flying under a lot of radars. Not many people are talking about Yasir Abdullah. And this is a guy that I think you can get um, you know, either at the end of day two or probably early day three. I mean, when you look at the numbers, come on. 209 tackles, 42 tackles for loss, including back-to-back seasons with double-digit tackles for loss. 23 and a half sacks. I mean, did you realize that in the last two years, this guy has 19 and a half sacks? That's more than Nick Herbig. I think people are talking more about Herbig as a pass rusher than Yasir Abdullah. This is a guy that you could probably get in round number three, and he could really pay off for you. And I, I love the size, you know, 6'1", 240 pounds. Want to see the type of athlete that he is. Is this a guy that can end up being a three-down linebacker, or, or are we going to see him uh, really be more of a, a pass rush specialist early on in his career? That's really going to be the big question mark. You know, Could we see him as a Sam? Um, you know, you want to kind of see what this guy can do out on the football field. So I want to see not only, obviously, the athleticism in the in the, 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 the testing, but a lot of those drills. That's really what I want to see there with, with Yasir Abdullah. Then we get to Will Anderson Jr. Come on now. Number 31, 6'4", 243 pounds. This dude is an absolute beast. We all know that. We just want to see the show that, he, that he'll put on. You want to see him run the 40. 
You want to see what that 10-yard split is going to be. You know, and when you're talking about a guy like Will Anderson, obviously you have to think of uh, of a guy like Vaughn Miller. And when when you talk about Vaughn Miller, he's he's not quite as, as tall as uh, Will Anderson Jr. You know, but but when Vaughn Miller entered the draft, obviously we knew that he was a number two overall pick. But uh, when when he entered, you know, this was a guy with with some crazy stats, right? Fifty and a half tackles for loss, thirty three sacks. I mean, you look at his numbers: seventeen sacks uh, in in 20, uh, 2009, and then as a senior in twenty ten. Ten and a half sacks, a, a guy that just was all over the field, just dominant, dominant performance. But this dude goes out there and uh, at actually you know six two and five eight, so it's you know he's right there, not not too far, an inch shorter, two hundred forty six pounds, thirty three and a half inch arms, runs a four five three forty with a one six two split, and then runs a four four nine at his pro day. You love the you know Von Miller shows up, he competes. And you know that's one of the things that you absolutely love uh, about Von Miller when he shows up there. You know he ran the number two uh, forty-yard dash. He was third in the vertical jump, first in the broad jump. That vertical leap, thirty-seven inches, just speaks to his explosiveness. And that's really what I think everybody is looking for with Will Anderson is just how explosive is this guy going to be? Uh, you know, and that's really one of the things that a lot of people are looking for. This dude finished fifth in the Heisman in twenty twenty-one. 101 tackles, 31 going for loss, 17 and a half sacks, and then 10 sacks as a junior. Just think about, I mean, those sound like similar numbers to what we saw with Von Miller, right? 58 and a half tackles for loss, 34 and a half sacks, 204 tackles in just three seasons. So, you know, and the thing with it was his junior season, a lot of people want to say that there was a step down. But, um, you know, really what you saw with, with Will Anderson was he was being asked to do a lot a lot more than, than really just getting after the quarterback, right? He was putting his hand in the dirt. You saw him uh, you know, drop into coverage a little bit. And so it wasn't always just coming off the edge. But when you – Will Anderson, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we get to see him there at the combine, even go through the drills. People talk about him not being bendy enough. And you do see that sometimes, a little bit of stiffness in the hips. But, you know, th- this guy is just so explosive – that I don't know that it necessarily matters too much, but you want to see him go through all of those drills to showcase, hey, look, I can bend. I've got the ankle flexion. I can turn the corner in a hurry. You know, you want to see that the hand usage as well. This guy's got some pop in his hands. Be able to show that there at the combine, especially in a lot of the drills. I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know, and, and look, if, if he does say that for a fact that he is going to be competing in all of the drills, the man, make sure that you got some popcorn there on Thursday, March 2nd. LB3 is going to be Jeremy Banks out of Tennessee. Uh, 6'1", 223, 224 pounds, right around there. This dude was a you know, was a will and uh, all speed all the time. That's really what I have here. This guy's an ultra-aggressive linebacker, a guy who flies around to the football. He's at his best when he's in space. He's really almost a designated blitzer. This was a dude who just seemed to time his blitzes really well, would shoot gaps, get into the backfield, and, and just be very disruptive. But with being an aggressive linebacker, you also are susceptible to a lot of mistakes. You know, a lot of just running, you know, he'd run into traffic, flowing one direction, and he's trying to go the opposite direction. Um, you know, really tr- trying to play a little bit too fast at times. Needs to slow down a little bit. You know, I, I think it'll be interesting with some of the interviews with teams, kind of talking to him and, and kind of breaking some of these plays down because he, he just needs to 
harness that a little bit more. Um, but what I love is is when you get him out in space, he especially against the run, you'll see him uh, dip inside blocks, beat those guys, and get into the backfield and, and run down the, the running backs. This guy was a converted running back himself, so I, I think playing the run, he understands that. Uh, like I said, with the blitzing, he'll blitz from depth. He'll get skinny through holes. Problem is, is once they lock on to him, they're not letting go, and he really struggles to get off those blocks. You know, it's kind of hard to deconstruct when you know you're giving up 100 plus pounds, you know, potentially. So I'll be curious to see what Jeremy Banks weighs in at. If we're talking about a guy who's put on, um, you know, a good 13, 14 pounds, I saw that Zay Flowers uh, Bleacher Report put out where Zay Flowers has put on 13 pounds of muscle. Uh, in advance of the combine. So if Banks is doing something like that, you put another 13 pounds on that frame, you're talking about getting close to 240 pounds. If he can still be his explosive self, then you start thinking maybe this is a guy that can hold up a little bit better against the run. Otherwise, he's really just kind of a, a guy that you're going to have to kind of play out in space, allow him to make plays, keep him clean. That's really going to be the biggest thing to allow him to take advantage of the speed. Micah Baskerville, six foot, 221 pounds. You know, this is a guy that I think has really good feet. You know, he's very quick, um, gets engulfed a lot. Uh, this is a guy, look, he was consistent back-to-back -back years with 80-plus tackles, but he's a guy that um, I think needs to show up at, at the combine. Really needs a, a wow moment, you know, if he really wants to be drafted um, anywhere higher than, you know, really what you're talking about is, is late in the draft, sixth, seventh round, possibly even as a priority free agent. I, I think... You know, this is a guy who you know really lacked a lot of the, the splash plays. He was consistent, but he wasn't a guy that you look at and say, okay, you know, we need to know where 23 is on the field um, on every given down. You know, obviously, you had the Harold Perkins, you had B.J. Ojolari, so it wasn't necessarily his role on the team. He's got to separate himself in some way, and I think at, at the combine, hopefully, you know, he can he can put together some good drills, put together some good times, some good testing numbers. Um, but you know, I worry with Micah Vaskerville. I, I just don't know if he is um, if he's going to get drafted. Jack Campbell, big number thirty-one there for Iowa, 6'5", 243, 2022 20, Buckus Award winner. A dude, you know, who just he just makes plays. He's a football player, and I mean, when you look at him, um, you know, I think the first thing that everyone says is, "Well, he's too slow." He's six five, two forty-three. The dude can't be that great of an athlete. But you know, what's crazy is, is he actually. You know, in 2020 at Cincinnati, he was a tight end at one point, and then ultimately was playing linebacker. So this is a guy who actually has better movement skills that I think people give him credit for. Uh, you know, in 2021, 140 tackles. Follows that up with 125 in 2022. 12 and a half tackles for loss. He has five interceptions, 10 pass breakups. This is a dude that can drop into coverage. And I think really the biggest thing for Jack Campbell to solidify his status as a, a top 60 player in this draft, it is really just showing off that athleticism, showing what he can do, show those fluid, the fluid hips in the drills, show that this guy, you know, look, he looks really quick shooting downhill. So those 40 times should be reflected in that. But you also want to see him with the lateral quickness in the drills. You know, you can see that. You can see the back pedal. You can see his ability to flip his hips and, and turn and run. And you'll be getting to see that in some of these drills no waste of movement against the run. He trusts his eyes. He's going to be a great interview because I think teams are going to love watching this guy break down film. Um, just you know, a guy that doesn't stay blocked. He's always working to the to the to the football. 
And I think that he's a guy that's going to be an immediate starter. He's going to come in, not only contribute, but I think he can end up being a team leader early on in his career. Andre Carter II out of Army. Intriguing prospect, 6'7", 250 pounds. And I think everyone was, was kind of, when Andre Carter hit the field there for Army, everyone was taken aback by the size, right? 6'7", I mean, he could go as high as, as 270 pounds. That 2021 season, look, you know, 17 tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks. Kind of sputtered a little bit there in 2020, right? You know, seven and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. Um, but when you watch the film, you understand why everybody is is so excited. The traits are absolutely there. You know, this is a guy who has tremendous length. You know, the question is going to be, can he play out there in space? Um, I, I don't know if, if he can drop into coverage. I think that's still a question. When I watched him drop into zone, he was looking for those landmarks. And he'd turn and run. And there were times where he didn't know where the receiver was. He didn't know where the football was. He was just making sure he was hitting his spot out, out there on the field. So I, I think there's a learning curve there to him. He may end up having to be a designated pass rusher. And he uses those long limbs to his advantage. He's got that long wingspan and uses those levers to help him turn the corner. Um, but I want to see a little bit more of his... Uh, of a pass rush, you know, that, that pass rush arsenal, um, if you will, the repertoire. You didn't see a, a ton of secondary moves. This dude was attacking, 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 and it was that initial move. If he got, got stuck, and a lot of times that pat level would get a little bit too high, can this guy truly bend? You see him when he's rushing off the edge, he can he can dip and get inside. You know, can he do that on a consistent basis? Because there were a lot of times where that pad level was too upright, and he just get, that would stall out his rush altogether. He's a little high in his back pedal when he does drop a little bit as well. So that's something that you're going to want to watch for as well. But man, this is a guy that I think a team is going to draft probably you know either late round one, more likely round two. And uh, I could see him being you know putting his hand in the dirt, being a defensive end, and, and could have a, a really good career. But he needs to have a good combine. You know, his, his senior bowl wasn't anything to write home about. There really wasn't anything that jumped off the film. And uh, so I think he needs to, to really have a bounce back moment here at the combine. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Andre Carter um, to really show up and prove that that preseason first round talk was not just hype. So that takes us to one of my favorite linebackers in this draft class. That's Servassier Dennis, 6'1", 230 pounds out of Pittsburgh. And this dude, I'll tell you what. Um, he flies around to the football. I love the hips dropping into coverage. That's one of the things that I'll talk about now. Want to see that, obviously, in the drills. But you see him being able to backpedal. You see him being able to turn and, and run with guys. Um, there are times in man-to-man where he'll, he'll, he's late to pick guys up, but run right by him a little bit. So I think there's, there's still that learning curve. He's not the best at, at dropping, so I think that's going to be something that he's going to have to work on. But this dude is an absolutely, he's a great blitzer, times those blitz, blitzes very well, especially shooting through the A-gap. Um, you know, he'll, he'll sometimes even get past the quarterback who's stepping up, but he can plant, get back in inside the pocket, did it against Hendon Hooker, dropped him for a sack. Um, you know, you also love the ability to, um, you know, when linemen climb to block him at the second level, he doesn't stay block. A lot of times he'll use his turn, Sometimes he's turning away from the football, then he'll have to plant and get back uh, back to the inside to get the running back. Because usually when he's turning, he's turning to the outside. So you really like to see him kind of deconstruct the, blo the block a little bit better. You know, either stack and shed, use the hands a little bit, 
be able to get there so he's not just always turning his back. But uh, I loved his ability to, to fly out to the perimeter on throws to the running back in the flat. Um, again, excellent depth in, in zone coverage. I think he has the ability to show that speed uh, to, the, to the perimeter. I think he has that sideline to sideline speed. You see nice change of direction, shooting those gaps, exploding, accelerating, chasing down running backs from behind. Um, you know, and look, you know, he was able to, as Hedden Hooker was coming after, you know, took, took off and he had dropped into coverage and he showed the ability. Hooker tries to juke him, didn't bite, was able to then drive on him and, and wrap him up. This is a guy who uses those feet, drives through the blocks, good pop. So really, with Servassier Dennis, to me, I see uh, a Will Backer in a, in a 43 defense and a guy that I think could end up being a starter. I think he'd be a three-down linebacker. The biggest thing is it's just that coverage. You want to be able to understand. I think he has the athleticism to be able to do that, but really understanding you know, the, the man-to-man and some of the nuances of the role um, are, are really the biggest thing. But uh, you know, just showcasing the athleticism, that's really the biggest thing for me with him because – he does a lot of things. There are a lot of things in his in his tool belt, and uh, if he can walk away from the combine with with some good testing numbers and uh, some good work in the drills, then I think that'll definitely pay off for him. I've got him as a third round pick. I'd love to see him solidify that status and then go to a team maybe like the Jets. Jets could potentially be looking for uh, a, a new will. I think that'd be a great fit for Servassier Dennis. Moving on, we're going to go to Jalen Graham out of Purdue. 6'3", 220 pounds. First couple of years there with the Boilermakers was a, was a safety. Moved to linebacker at that linebacker position. Uh, what, just under 120 tackles, nine tackles for loss, two sacks. Also with three interceptions and, and 12 pass breakups. I think the biggest thing for me with him is he's likely going to end up being a safety at the next level, probably that rover position. Um and what you want to see is just the athleticism. How stiff is he in the hips, um, dropping into coverage? You know, you want to see some of those those cover drills. What do those hips look like? Because if he's really stiff, that's going to limit his ability to play on the back end of the defense. I don't think he's big enough to hold up um, as an every-down linebacker. And this guy doesn't really showcase a ton of um, ability getting after the quarterback. I think he can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage, you know, play in the box a little bit. But uh, ultimately, I think you know that, that rover spot is, is ultimately going to be Jalen Graham's spot. But if he wants to get himself drafted, he's going to have to show that he can play in, in coverage, be a smooth athlete on the back end. Otherwise, I, I think you know he'll struggle to, uh, to ultimately hear his name called there at the, uh, at the draft, and uh, he'll struggle to make an NFL roster. Which leads us to Derek Hall, a guy who's definitely going to hear his name called. The question is just going to be how high is he going to come off the board in the draft? He's one of those late round one, early round two guys that I mentioned in the last podcast. Want to see him try to separate from some of these other guys. Look, you know, if the defensive linemen are coming and taking the field first, then uh, guys like Felix Anadike, Uzoma, um, guys like Isaiah Foskey uh, are going to be taking the field. And uh, those are guys that I think he could potentially be competing against for one of those spots, right? Keon White's another one. Lucas Van Ness, not as much because it's, it's kind of a different body type. But uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Derek Hall is going to bring to the table. This is a dude who is really strong, setting a really strong edge uh, on the outside, does a great job using his hands, the strength to really hold that outside. 
look, yeah, three sacks against Bama in 2021. A guy, you know, who when he lines up wide, um, loves to use that that long arm to drive guys back into the backfield a lot of times. A lot of tricks up his sleeve with his hands. Um, you're going to see some some nice chops, some nice rips, uh, a couple of arm overs to go along with that long arm that he likes to use. Uh, really a physical player. I think that's one of the things that you see. But uh, the speed, being able to shoot some gaps, get downhill, a lot of times what he's doing is, is filling those holes, spilling them out to the linebackers, allowing guys like Owen Papo to, to run free and make tackles behind the line of scrimmage. But you love the lateral agility, getting outside. You know, that Bama game, uh, you know, uh, there was a toss to, to Jameer Gibbs. Showed the, the lateral agility to get outside, drop the running back for a loss. You just want to see the athleticism. You want to see the athletic profile for, for Derek Hall. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", 256. You know, I talked about Vaughn Miller and what he was able to bring to the table. Um, and a lot of these guys, look, you, know, you want to see that 40 time. You want to see the 10-yard split. You want to see the lower body explosiveness with the vertical leap. And then you get them into the drills and their ability to bend coming off the edge. You know, you're running the hoop drills, being able to, to bend, turning the corner. Andre Carter, how stiff are you going to be? Or are you going to be able to – is that going to be fluid? I think Derek Hall is, is one of those guys to where if he has a really stellar – combine performance he can start setting himself apart from some of these guys because he's one look Isaiah Foskey we all know he loves that long arm um, but Derek Hall I think may have a little bit better arsenal in his in his tool bag um, he, he does a great job setting the edge he's physical against the run doesn't get home quite like Isaiah Foskey so that's the other thing that he's going to have to showcase is that look I you know just because I wasn't getting home doesn't mean I wasn't a uh, you know, a, a terror for other teams, and, and I, I think that's something that he's going to have to really show up because I think there's some better production overall with, with some of these guys. But look, even if he's a, an early round two guy, I think he'll get on the field and help a team early on in his career. Um, you look at Dayon Henley out of Washington State. Look, 6'2", 232 pounds. This dude, I mean, he did everything at Wazoo. You know, he was a, a transfer from. Uh, Nevada and uh, was a team leader there for the Wolfpack and he shows up right away and was a team captain there for uh, the Washington State Cougars and look at Nevada uh, 150 tackles shows up at Washington in one season 106 tackles 12 going for loss four sacks an interception uh, look, you have four interceptions in 2021 uh, in the Mountain West Conference. Shows up to the Pac-12 and showed that he can um, you know, fly around and make plays at that level. And, and this is a guy, look, I just you want to see the, the fluid, fluidity um, with which he plays. I think you see the speed, the sideline to sideline ability, his ability to duck inside blocks and make, make plays against the run um, around the line of scrimmage. This is a guy who doesn't stay blocked. Uh, a guy who's going to fly around. He's instinctive as a, as a linebacker. I think he can play a little bit in coverage as well. Um, I, I think there, there's some concern about his ability to, to to get off blocks. And so, really, what you want to see is is you know, the the athlete that he is. How you know what is he showing up as? I think at two he was around 220 for much of his career. So is he around that 232? Has he lost weight? And really, if he's right around 6'2", 240 pounds, and he can still run uh, you know, a pretty solid 40 time, can be fluid dropping into coverage, and I think it's just going to help his draft stock. But even if not, you think about a guy like Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, you think about some of these other guys, you know, they may be a little bit undersized at that linebacker position. 
Henley has a little bit more length to his game, and uh, I think Deion Henley's a guy that can end up coming off the board in round two or round three. A nice combine performance, and I think he'll solidify that status. Which takes us to the linebacker 11. Mentioned Nick Herbig earlier. Number 19 there for the Badger, 6'2", 225-ish pounds. This is a dude, when you look at the pass rush profile, this guy is explosive coming off the edge. You love the hand usage. He doesn't stay blocked. Um, you're going to see um, he'll attack the chest of, of a tight end or an offensive lineman, able to get the hand off the chest with the outside hand, gets off the block with a nice rip or an arm over, and then be able to get into the backfield, not just rushing the quarterback, but also against the run. Um, I think this is a guy who really quick hands and, and good pop stuns the, the tackle and then being able to, to shoot inside and shoot some of those gaps. The, the speed rush, you love that ability. Getting off the corner, rip move. A lot of times the, the tackles will try to take him away from the pocket, but the effort, he's always playing with his hair on fire, able to shoot around. A lot of times he, he plays with excellent leverage, can get duck that shoulder, be able to spin and, and kind of turn around and get to the quarterback back in the pocket. You'll see a chop and a rip. Um, really good at dipping that inside shoulder as well. Saw him against Michigan State. Um, Keon Coleman, the receiver, went in motion and, and into the, the flat on the opposite side of the field. And Herbig, you know, was playing on that side. You know, starts starts to the inside, kind of holding off of that play action, and then back outside with Coleman and able to drop him in space. So this is, this is a guy who's very athletic, um, bends very well coming off the edge, as I, as I mentioned, speed rush for days, uh, struggles at times to come off some blocks, but he, he really works hard to to get off those blocks. I think that's one of the things that's definitely impressive for, uh, you know, he, he likes to attack those hands, chop, swipe, whatever you need to do to get off the blocks. Um, that's something that I think uh, definitely jumps off the film. I think the biggest question mark really is, is he, he's 6'2", 225 pounds. So where do you play him? Because he's an edge rusher, but he looks like he should be an off-ball linebacker. And, and there were downs where he played as an off-ball linebacker, and, and he dropped into coverage a little bit um, into zone, but he, he doesn't really play man-to-man. So we really don't know what we're, what we're going to see out of him in man-to-man coverage. This is the guy who loves to get after the quarterback. So is he is he a Sam in a 43 defense? You know, I think he's too small to really be a, a 34 outside linebacker at the next level. Um, unless he's specifically a special teams guy and a situational pass rusher, um, it's really going to be interesting to see what teams do with Nick Herbig. I think you know this is a guy because he's so explosive coming off the edge, because he he does a great job bending, getting around the edge, getting to the quarterback. You know, 18 sacks in the last two seasons. I mean, when you think about linebackers coming out of Wisconsin, they're very well coached. And they just have a knack for not only sticking on rosters, but making plays. A lot of people expected Jack Sanborn uh, to be a guy that, that would not find his way onto a roster. And you look at Chicago, where is he? He's a starting linebacker for the Bears. Uh, so he's just the latest in that line. You know, you, you think of guys like, like you know, Vince Beagle to, to Joe Schobert. Uh, to Zach Bond, you know, the list will go on and on. And I think, you know, really when you look at, at Nick Herbig, 
you know, Zach Bond coming out of, of Wisconsin wasn't the biggest guy. You know, he was 6'3", so he had an inch on, on Nick, but 225 pounds, wound up a, a third-round pick, 74 overall, going to the Saints, um, ran a 4'6", 540. Um, so when you're looking at, at Nick at the, at the combine, I think his explosiveness, he's probably right in that 4'6 range. And, um, you know, I, I think that third round, that's probably a fair assessment for him. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, you look at what Zach Bond has done since. And look, Bond, you know, he, he's played in, in three seasons. Um, he started eight games and uh, combined 58 tackles, two going for loss, and uh, has yet to record a sack. Now, obviously, that, that's in a reserve role for the most part there with the Saints. And, uh, you know, he's playing behind Caden Ellis at the Sam. Caden Ellis is a, is a free agent. He may not be back. Zach Bond has an opportunity to be the, the starting Sam backer. And then we'll get to really see what, what he can do in, uh, in 2023. Um, and I'd be excited to see, see what he can do because I think Zach Bond is, uh, um, has a really good potential. The thing with it is, is there's, a, there's a learning curve. And I think he's still trying to figure, find his way there at that Sam backer. So a team looking at Nick Herbig, you know, they may have some of the same reservations now looking at, at him and saying, all right, well, we see what Zach Bond, he looks like a, almost a carbon copy, um, Wisconsin linebacker. And uh, what do we do with him? Ultimately, is he going to be a Sam? You know, are we willing to put in the work with him? get him used to that position and ultimately you know year three year four is really where we kind of see him start to break out um you know i think the combine performance though is going to go a long way towards really seeing what we've got in nick herbin shaka hayward out of duke uh this is a guy look you know he, he showed up at duke as a skinny kid 215 pounds now he's 6'3 240 pounds team captain speed rusher coming off the edge you see the instincts um really i think this is a, a time for for shaka hayward to really show people who he is um you know i think a lot of people forget about him there are a lot of other athletic edge rushers in this draft class and he i think he needs to showcase um really you know the type of player that he is i think he, he um he's a guy that he's a volume tackler nearly 340 tackles in his career uh, 31 and a half going for loss 11 and a half sacks four interceptions seven pass breakups um, you know he's got a lot of game and, and a lot of tools and I think this is a, a place for him to really showcase that athleticism you want to see what that 40 time is going to be you want to see some of the fluidity dropping into coverage this is a guy you know who, who can make plays in the passing game he makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage you can get after the quarterback a little bit um, you want to just be able to see that athleticism on display I think this is a uh, a perfect time for Shaka Hayward to really kind of have that coming out party, if you will, and, and really get that buzz going to where people are saying, you know what, I need to look at more Duke film because that Shaka Hayward is a guy that I, I think is an ascending prospect. DJ Johnson out of Oregon. Look, you know, the behavior there you know, against Oregon State uh, where he punched an OSU fan after the game, um, after a person made a gesture at him, he, he struck him from behind. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about that. You know, there's going to be some character concerns potentially there. Um, caught on film, you know, look, you know, social media, you know, I, I think that's something that teams are definitely going to be, be looking at. So the interviews are going to be cr crucial for DJ Johnson. Um, you know, for me, this is a guy who seemed to disappear a lot of times on the field. Motor seemed to run hot and cold. So I think this is another player who, you know, for me, I, I think get out there, showcase your ability as an athlete. You're 6'4", 270 pounds. 
you, you're playing as a stand-up edge rusher coming off the edge, so you have that prototypical size, and you, you're also able to put it, your hand in the dirt a little bit. He can be explosive coming off the edge. Um, you know, he can bend, uses a good rip move. Um, you see some of the, the burst. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, and even against Washington State, you know, after the play lost is cool, got up and shoved the linebacker or the offensive lineman. And it's one of those things to where you like some of the fiery, you know, the fiery nature, but other people it's going to rub you the wrong way. So I think he's going to have to answer, answer to that. Um, but, you know, for me, when I watched DJ Johnson, there were just a lot of times where number two just kind of disappeared. And I think, you know, he's really going to have to answer to that. And uh, I think because of the athletic profile, because of the traits, um, he's going to get himself drafted on day three. But I, I think it's something to where um, he's really going to have to show that, that he belongs at the next level. Andre Jones, they're out of Louisiana, 6'5", 258 pounds. I look at Andre Jones, and I think, I don't know why, but I think Alex Wright out of UAB, 6'7", 270, you know, the third-round pick, number 78 overall. Um, you know, and Alex Wright, look, he, he was unable to compete at the combine, had a pec injury, 34-inch um, arms, so really long arms, and Andre Jones is another guy who's a long-limbed linebacker. And, and when I look at Alex Wright, um, you know, 91 tackles in his career, 19 going for loss, 11 and a half sacks, including uh, seven and a half for loss and six sacks in his final season there at with the Blazers. Raging Cajuns, Andre Jones, 6'5 to 60-ish. Um, 209 tackles, 30 going for loss, 10 and a half sacks. And in 2022, 51 tackles, eight and a half going for loss, seven and a half sacks. So some of the stats mirror a little bit. I, you know, Andre Jones obviously was a, a fifth-year senior there um, for for the Cajuns, and uh, I think this is a guy who has a lot of tools. And um, when you look at him, I think he has the ability to end up being a, a, a third-round pick. I think there are a lot of guys in this group that are really edge rushers. Or this deep, this draft is deep with edge rushers. You're going to come away with with someone, and uh, I, I think Andre Jones. You know, third round might be a little rich. You know, he's probably looking at more likely the fourth round. But what you really love about this guy is that motor, and uh, it's one of those things to where uh, you, you want to see what he can what he can run in the forty. You want to see some of the athleticism. You want to see how he stacks up against some of these guys. But I, I just see that comparison, the length, and everything. You know, especially if Andre Jones shows up around two hundred and seventy pounds, like Alex Wright did. Um, you know, especially if he can move. Uh, you know, they're at the combine, then I think he's a guy that could definitely improve his draft stock. Uh, Iku Liotta out of Auburn. Look, you know, the guy that from Northwestern um, really jumped off the off the screen there, transfers to, to the, the Auburn Tigers, and, you know, 6'4", 255 pounds. After 2021 season where he had 10, 10 tackles for loss and seven sacks, had a season-ending arm injury in October against LSU, uh, just two sacks, 17 tackles, um, un- kind of an underwhelming senior bowl. Um, you know, this is a guy who, who has uh, a ton of effort, uh, a guy who's pretty strong at the point of attack as well. Um, you, you love the effort, though. He continues to chase guys all the way to the sideline. Um, you're going to see him um, rush to the inside. You're going to see spin moves back to the outside. You see some slaps and arm overs, long arms as well. Um, you just want to make sure that this is a guy from a medical standpoint that he's all the way back. Um, I think he's another guy that really needs to have a, a stellar uh, combine to really show everyone that he's back, that he's healthy, 
because I think he's one of those guys that people can forget about very easily because of the fact that he uh, went down to injury and didn't really get a, a ton of, of action there for, for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, so that's really something that I'm going to be looking for with Ikuliota is can he separate himself? If he can't, then you know, it may be an uphill battle to get himself drafted early. O'Shawn Mathis, Nebraska, 6'5", 257. And this is a guy, look, you know, at TCU, he was a terror. Stand-up edge rusher coming off the edge, um, you know, dipping his inside shoulder, showing excellent bend and coming off the edge, looping around, getting into the backfield, making plays. And, uh, look, he was he was a lot of fun to watch. And he was a guy that everyone had as, you know, the next really uh, great pass rusher. And uh, that was in 2020. Twelve and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. TCU 2021, uh, just you know, 45 tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks. Decides, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go to Nebraska um, for one final season, and you know, 48 tackles, five for loss, three and a half sacks. He just hasn't found that form that he had there in 2020, and I think you know, this is another guy where um, you know, teams are going to want to find out why. You know, did he peak in 2020, or this is this a guy that we can we can work with? So obviously you want to see some of the athleticism, you want to see his ability to bend, um, you know. But you're you're asking yourself why, why, you know, why is his production falling off the way that it has? Um, and that's something that I think they're really going to have to kind of get into. And so I think a big combine performance from O'Shawn Mathis will go a long way towards improving that draft stock. I think you know because of his athletic profile and teams likely wanting to get to that 2020 form. Um, I think he could get himself drafted there on day three. I just don't know that it's going to be you know earlier than, than round five or six because you know there are a lot of other guys that have been productive that have similar athletic profiles, but guys that you know have, have continued to develop. And I just think Mathis is one of those guys where he just hasn't developed to that degree that you're expecting him to. Ventrell Miller, big number 51 for Florida, 5'11", 228 pounds, obviously undersized. You know, uh, offensive linemen are able to get their hands into him, and so you know that length sometimes will will get him in trouble. But really, a guy that that uh, takes excellent angles, he di- diagnoses plays well, reads those keys, works to get downhill. Uh, the biggest thing is he lacks some of that athleticism on runs to get to the outside. He'll get beaten to the edge by running backs who will kind of outrun. Uh, that pursuit angle of his. Um, he seems to easily get knocked off his spot as he's trying to fill some holes. Um, really, the biggest thing is, as a box defender, you like his ability to slide um, within the box there to drop running backs. Um, it's when he is asked to get outside that that really he starts getting himself into trouble. Um, you love it some of that closing speed um, as he's covering running backs out of the backfield, so you do see a lot of that. The biggest thing, though, is... is um, again, you know that, that lateral agility, and I think that's something that's going to come out in some of the drills. Um, you know, I, I think the instinctiveness. You know, I think he's going to show up well in the interviews. Um, you know, but you know, coverage as well. Lots of false steps in coverage. That's something that you worry about as well. Um, gets sucked up on RPOs, um, looking to fill some gaps and tight ends, kind of over the top on some crossing routes, right where he vacated. Um, you know, I show another where he bit hard on a play action. Will Levis <laughs> rolling out and was able to hit the tight end on a crossing route right behind him. 
Um, so this is a guy that's going to look to shoot gaps. You know, that's really his biggest thing. Um, once he gets outside, again, that's where where the trouble starts to lie. So I think he's going to have to show that he is a better athlete than maybe the film might show. And uh, look, you know, in 2021, you know, he was injured, was out for the year. So it may also be that. You know, he's recovering from the injury. So hopefully, if he's 100%, maybe we'll see a different Ventrell Miller at the Combine. Another guy who's got a battle, you know, has battled some injuries is, is Isaiah Moore there for NC State. 6'1", 242 pounds. Um, it felt like at one point all the Wolfpack linebackers were getting hurt at some point or another. This guy's a three-time captain. I think he's going to really do well in his interviews. I think this is a guy that's going to show up well there um, as a leader. Comes downhill, likes to fill gaps coming downhill, blitzing, blitz through the A-gaps, able to, to wrap up guys uh, behind the line of scrimmage, um, can make open field tackles very well. That's something that I also have noting here. Um, times his jumps well, um, coming out as a blitzer, um, shooting through a, through not only the A-gap, but the B-gap as well, coming downhill. Um, I mentioned that, that, that injury um, against Miami. It was when he, he tore that ACL and was current, confirmed out for the year. Um, you love his ability, you know, his ability to diagnose. Uh, there's a pitch to Will Shipley to the left, able to beat that left guard to the outside, flying downhill. A lot of his movement is coming downhill. And really, I think the biggest thing is, is can Isaiah Moore be more than a two-down linebacker? Can he drop into coverage and, and showcase that, that lateral agility? You know, that's really something that I think uh, is going to bode well for, for Isaiah Moore. Can he be drafted? I think he absolutely can be drafted, but you know, that's going to be the biggest question mark, I think, more than anything else for me is, is really where does, where does that fall for him? You know, there's also Cam Jones out of Indiana. I, I left him out. He's actually going to be taking the field between Andre Jones and Iku Liotta. Um, and with Cam Jones, um, this is going to be a guy that's, you know, in, he played inside backer there. Uh, 6'3", 224. He's another guy that I think needs to showcase some of that athleticism. Um, you know, he's a guy there at, at Indiana and a guy that didn't get a ton of, uh, of, of national focus. But look, you know, he had over 200 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, seven sacks, a couple of interceptions, nine pass breakups as well. So, I mean, when you look at some of the stats, if you're looking at that, you know, obviously that's something that you're going to be interested in. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he, he only played in five games this past season battling a foot injury. And I think that really kind of stunted a lot of the focus that was on him. This was a guy he was leading, uh, the leading tackler for the Hoosiers going into that game, really the team leader. And I think it kind of threw the Hoosiers game off defensively because this was a guy who I think was poised for a huge year. And unfortunately, you know, the foot injury really limited things so the question is going to be you know the medicals is he going to be able to to compete at the combine really looking forward to seeing him what he can do if he is healthy I think the medicals are going to be be key for him but uh, again an instinctive leader and uh, a guy that uh, you know I'm, I'm pulling forward to, to make a roster because anytime I put on the film for, for Indiana he was a guy that always seemed to to, to show up and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan uh, B.J. Ojolari there out of LSU. Look, 6'3", 250 pounds. A lot of people want to give B.J. Uh, a hard time um, with with just that that size. You know, is he? You know, can he drop into coverage at all? Is this the guy that's going to get engulfed by linemen there um, coming off the football? For me, I thought Ojolari did a great job chasing the football down from behind. You know, I thought he was one of those guys backside. 
Uh, excellent effort. Never stopped. Um, as that stand-up edge rusher, I thought he could bend coming off the edge. I thought he played with some decent leverage as well. Um, again, he'll get he'll he'll get stuck uh, coming off that edge. Once they engulf him, then he really struggles to come off those blocks. But I think that speed rush, he can dip under the left tackle, get to the quarterback. I think he's a guy that you're going to see attack the arms at, at times. He's going to put those hands into the chest of the of the left tackle, bend and dip that inside shoulder. I think he shows some pretty good ankle flexion, get the t- corner turn, get the hips flipped, and, and really show that closing speed to get to the quarterback. This is a guy. Look, you know, I remember you know the Auburn game. You know, he chased Robbie Ashford all the way to the numbers from the backside after flattening out to get the sack to force a fourth down. Um, to me, I, I think I, I love the effort. Um, I just want to see Ojolari just kind of showcase some of that explosiveness uh, there at the combine. I want teams to really uh, take notice of this guy because I think he can be a, an effective edge rusher at the next level. Um, you know, I think a lot of people just give him uh, a hard time because really he's he's a backside uh, pursuit defender and uh, a guy that's going to win with speed. You're not going to see him set a, a really hard edge against the run. Teams can run right at him. So I think that's the other thing is is what what is he going to do to be able to answer that and uh, can he showcase any of that at the combine? Anthony Orgy out of uh, Vanderbilt, big number zero there for the Commodore, 6'2", 230 pounds. I liked his his ability to drop into coverage. Like it was pretty fluid in coverage. You saw the back pedal. You saw the change of direction um, at, coming out of his breaks. Um, a, a guy that I thought um, the lateral agility, sliding to get to the outside on the perimeter, able to line running backs up, drop them in the open field. Again, love the, the zone drops. I love the ability, the cover ability to cover tight ends. Uh, downfield, getting into the gaps. He, he hits hard to disrupt. Um, takes on the pulling blocks, lowers that shoulder into the block, slips it, then able to drop that running back in the hole. Uh, very active. Uh, a guy who was a leading tackler for the Commodores in 2021, um, and a guy that you know I, I think the biggest thing is is he, he can get easily thrown off his path, especially when he's trying to shoot gaps coming downhill. Uh, doesn't always maintain gap integrity as well. Um, but I think he's going to showcase some of that nice athleticism because I think he is instinctive as a, as a player, um, and I think he's a guy that can be a three-down linebacker. Um, you know, so I, I think he'll be able to showcase some of that ability there at the combine. Demarvian Overshone, 6'2", 200, you know, really is 215 pounds. What's he going to show up at? I think is really the biggest question. This is a guy that played all over the place for uh, for the te- the Texas Longhorns. You know, a safety linebacker. Um, I think he gets engulfed in the running game. Um, you know, he, he just struggled at times to get off blocks. He make the read, but he couldn't get off the block to make a play at times. But this is a guy I think you allow him to play in space. You allow him to to blitz coming off the edge. I think that's something that you see. He does a great job getting into coverage. This is a guy that can also. Um, on a punt block, kick and get to the, the punter and block a punt. Um, I think that athleticism again, you know, is something that definitely jumps off off the film. Uh, they played Texas Tech. He's going in, in coverage against the six nine tight end Mason Tharp. Um, runs an out on third and four. Um, was able to drive quickly on that route into the boundary from the slot. Extend to affect that catch. 
you know, at 6'2", you know, and 215 pounds, you know, that, that length, his ability to attack that. So I think that speaks to some of that athleticism. This is a guy that I think can, can show off some of that explosive, um, that explosive nature. You know, is he a rover? You know, that might be where he falls at, at this point. You know, he's, he's kind of like, like Jalen Graham. I think Jalen Graham is one of those rover type guys, a guy that's going to be the next, the new age linebacker, if you will. They're, they're not, you know, I don't put them on the same level as, as Dayon Henley. To me, Dayon Henley should be a second round linebacker and should be an instant starter. I ultimately look at at, at these two guys, at Jalen Graham and, and DeMarvion Overshone, probably a step below that. They're probably going to be third down guys. I'm sorry, third round guys. But I think these are guys that um, that's really the, the direction that the NFL is going. And I think these are guys that can absolutely fit, fit the bill. You just want to see the fluidity to their game. Can they be fluid athletes? And if they can, if they can showcase that at the combine, not have teams questioning themselves, they trust what they see on tape, they look to be fluid athletes on tape, are they going to prove that at the combine? If so, then I think Jalen Graham and DeMarvin Overshone, they could end up being third-round uh, third picks. If they look stiff, then that, that comes into question, where where do we play these guys? Because you know they're, they're – you know, they're, they're not big enough to be line, to be true linebackers. They're not really uh, you know fluid enough as an athlete to be a safety. So where do they really where do they play? You know your options are limited. They become day three guys, and depending on where where they're at and on their draft board, they could fall to the late day three. So those, I think these are a couple of guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing in the drills and want to just see how fluid of an athlete they are. Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace Jr. look, six foot, 235 pounds, out of Cincinnati. This is a guy that transferred from uh, Miami of Ohio to play with his brother, Deshaun Pace. Um, and look, this guy just flew around to the football. I think that's one of the things that you see. Speed is his game. He's undersized. A lot of times he struggles to get off blocks because it lacks overall length. He may not even be six foot. He may actually be under six foot. But look, this guy, the, the, the range... Uh, is absolutely there. This guy just racks up tackles, 22 tackles for loss, um, which is second in the FBS, a 2022 a uh, AAC Defensive Player of the Year, unanimous All-American. Um, he, he just always seems to be – he gets great depth and coverage. I think you see some fluid hips. Uh, at, you know, With the slot receiver able to turn and, and, uh, and run a little bit, nose for the football. Look, that lack of size it may handicap him, especially, like I said, getting off blocks. But you allow him to fly around and make plays. I mean, he just racks up the tackles. He always seemed to be around the football. That nose found the football. And, you know, sometimes he will get a little bit too aggressive. But, man, this is a way for him to get out there. Um, you know, I saw Jim Nagy talk about Troy Anderson and the performance that he had at the Combine and the speed that he was showing there at the Combine and that Ivan Pace could be this year's Troy Anderson. And I think, you know, Jim Nagy, that was a great call. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's talking about guys that are coming from the Senior Bowl, but at the same time, you know, he makes a great point. These athletes, these speed guys flying around making plays, you know, obviously Troy Anderson has a little bit more size than, than Ivan Pace. So I think that ultimately, look, Troy Anderson, if he's a, a second rounder, Ivan Pace is probably in that fourth to fifth round range when it's all said and done. But look, this guy, there's no doubt that this guy can make plays. There's no doubt that he could be a, a three down linebacker. Um, you just you worry about you know that that the, the size a little bit more than anything else. 
but uh, you know, all it takes is one team to look at him and say, you know what, I don't really care about that. I'll find a way to deal with it. I love the speed. I love the instincts. I love his, you know, the aggressive nature. And uh, shoot, he can end up coming off off the board on day two, especially if he really wows you uh, with the performance at the combine. Owen Papo, Auburn. You know, I, I think you know the the giant hit there against Penn State um, is it, something that obviously everyone's seen at one point or another. This is a guy who, who flies around, uh, very ferocious hitter, um, excellent lateral movement in, in zone coverage. I think does a good good job reading the quarterback's eyes. Um, you know what I loved was he chased it uh, the wide receiver. Kendrick Law, a good 20 yards down the field after a catch uh, over the middle, reminds me of, of Jeremy Banks running 70 plus yards uh, to to try to take down Isaiah Banacanda when uh, when the Vols took on Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I thought that he did a good job covering uh, Cameron Latu in coverage. Um, you know, so he lacks ideal length, struggles to get off some blocks, especially when they they get their hands on him using their length to their advantage. But he's a guy that flies around and makes plays of the football, you know. And he's one of those Auburn linebackers where you want to kind of keep him clean and allow him to use that straight line speed to make plays. And that's something that you know he's he can be a three-down linebacker. Um, it's just he's not the biggest linebacker, you know, to, to say the least. But um, you know, he's another guy that falls into that same boat where you see that athleticism, and you're going to find a way to get him out onto that football field. You know, there are plenty of guys who are, are undersized, if you will, that look, yeah, if you get me, you know, you'll, you know, when you square me up and you get your hands on me, but if I'm too fast for you, if I can play with leverage, then that could be the equalizer there and ultimately allow them to, to make a lot of plays at the next level. So I think Owen Papo, just like Ivan Pace, look, and they're back to back here, two guys everyone talks about as being undersized linebackers, but you know, if they can put together a, a really nice combine performance, then I think they're really going to start turning some heads. Which leads us to Lonnie Phelps, 6'3", 245, out of Kansas. Um, you know, really going to be uh, an edge rusher in, in a 34 defense. You know, I, I think this is a guy that is still pretty raw. Um, Would have loved to have seen him come back to Kansas for another year. You know, he was a transfer from from Miami of Ohio into Kansas. And look, Lance Leipold, love what he's doing there uh, in Lawrence, Kansas. And, uh, you know, I thought he struggled to disengage from blocks. Um, you know, length, you know, I, I thought could have been a question mark. So I think that's something that we're going to want to see um, because of that, you know, his ability to, to struggle to get off blocks. Um, I, I thought that when you watched this film, the effort was absolutely there. You saw some athleticism as well. Um, I thought he got banged around a little bit in traffic versus the run. I just really want to see the athletic profile at the end of the day with, with him because he's one of those guys, if you put on the film against Houston, you know, he was crossing the face of their left tackle, Patrick Paul, who I think is a decent decent tackle, using rip moves and getting into the backfield. I thought really he was at his best in space, especially at the wide nine, you know, being able to, to attack those guys, um, you know, and that was one of the things that I thought was definitely impressive. Um, just, I think he's still raw. He's still understanding the nuances of the position. Um, you know, I thought there was some stiffness, especially in that TCU game um, when he was working on Brandon Coleman. I, I saw some stiffness turning the corner a little bit, some of the change of direction as well. So I, I think that's something that I definitely want to see uh, in his game is, you know, 
Is there fluidity, especially as he's turning the corner, or are we going to see some of that stiffness? Um, that'll take me to Drew Sanders, 6'3", 242 pounds there out of Arkansas. Moved from really an edge rusher to an edge defender to uh, really that off-ball linebacker. And this was a guy who I thought absolutely helped himself with that transfer from, from Bama to Arkansas. And, uh, you know, 103 tackles, 13 and a half going for loss, nine and a half sacks, five pass breakups, three forced fumbles. He just seemed to be everywhere around the field. I thought he was quick to diagnose the football, flies around to get there, um, you know, dipping inside blocks to get to the running back. Um, good awareness and zone coverage. Um, you see his ability, you know, he brings his feet with him as he's as he's hitting the hole and driving to make that tackle. Um, you know, he really wasn't asked to cover man-to-man. I think, if anything, he was just dropping into zone. So, you know, you want to see the ability to cover man-to-man. Um, needs more experience playing in the box as well. You know, it's just one year there as an off-ball linebacker. But I think, you know, the, the, the traits are absolutely there. Struggle a little bit to get off blocks, sure. But uh, you, know, you love the ability to drop into coverage. You watch them against Ole Miss, going against Jackson Dart, reading the eyes of the quarterback, gets depth, moves to his right, and then able to elevate, leap into the passing lane, and make that pick. Um, read a jet sweep in that game as well. Good lateral quickness to slide to the outside and drop the receiver for, for no gain on the edge. Um, so he's a guy to me that did everything right at that position. And, you know, obviously he's taking advantage of a huge year to enter the draft. Honestly, I would have loved to have seen him come back for another year, get another year under his belt as that off-ball linebacker. And, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately he, he could have solidified his status as a top 20 pick. I think people are really all over the board with this guy. You know, I, I think he has the traits and the skills to be able to come off the board as high as number 19 to Tampa if they wind up moving on from, from Levante David. I don't know. I, I doubt that that's going to happen. But you look at the Steelers you know, at the at the top of round number two, and you wonder if maybe the Steelers are going to to go after after Drew Sanders. Honestly, I look at the Bills, and depending on what happens with, with Tremaine Edmonds, if they don't re-sign him, if ultimately they're looking for another linebacker, I look at you know the way that he worked with with Bumper Pool there at uh, you know at Arkansas. I could see him doing it you know, in a similar fashion with with Matt Milano. Um, you know, and so I, I really don't see Drew Sanders getting out of round number one. I, I think there are a lot of a lot of people that um, you know are giving him a hard time with, with the way that he, he he's been playing. But I think he just he flies around, always seem to be around the football, and I think he'll be a, a damn good football player at the next level when it's all said and done. I just I think this will be his opportunity to showcase that he is one of the better athletes in the draft at that linebacker spot. Noah Sewell. 6'3", 251, the, the junior out of Oregon. Look, I think he was destined to play in the NFL, especially with his brother Panay Sewell and what he was able to accomplish there with the Oregon Ducks. Um, you know, I thought 2021 was, was much better film uh, than, than 2022. This is a guy that I thought he looked slow at times. Um, and look, you know, he's a guy that was on the, the Bruce Feldman's freaks list, uh, doing a little bit of everything, right? Um, and the weight room. You know, this is a guy who could very well come out here and, and put on a show at the Combine. Um, I think Feldman said that he, you know, he had a 425 bench, 
a 655 sumo deadlift and a 345 power clean. So I mean, the, the strength is absolutely there in the weight room, um, but I still think he he looks slow at times. Um, you know, really the, the tape in 2021 he looked a lot faster. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily the athleticism or it was the adjustment to Dan Lanning and his and his style of defense. Um, you know, I, I thought you know I, I saw his ability to scrape over the top, get you know the, the lateral agility was there. You saw him drop into into zone coverage. You saw a nice change of direction, uh, driving on the football. Um, you know, you, this year, you know, like even against Georgia, um, did a great job. You know, staying with the tight end Darnell Washington. You know, I thought that there was some stiffness when he was was trying to rush the quarterback coming off the edge, and so that's really going to be the big question. What type of athlete are we going to be seeing at the combine? What's he going to weigh in at? You know, I think that's another question that that we want to see. You know, can he carry the weight well? Um, he's one of those guys to where are we going to see that 2021 form where he was flying around and making plays, and then really that athleticism was there. Um, you know, I, I just I, I don't know. To me, when I watched that 2022 film, um, you wonder if maybe it was it was in his head with Lanning's defense and that he was processing and he was slow to react or if it truly was that that lack of overall athleticism um, that, that's that to me was something that that kind of stood out and I'm really curious to see what we're going to get at the combine I think you know Noah Sewell needs to have a really good combine to solidify his status as a top 100 guy I, I don't know that he's there right now I think he's a guy that we could probably see fall to day day three when it's all said and done. Um, you know, he can't just rely on that name. You know, really splashed and really made a statement early on in, in his career. And I think you know that's kind of you know it's again it's the same thing. Did he peak too soon, or is he a guy that ultimately it was just a new defense? He was struggling there. Um, you know, we'll talk about Trenton Simpson in, in a minute, um, and it's kind of the same situation. Um, where, where Trenton Simpson was kind of playing out of position. So I, I think that's really going to be one of the question marks, at least be able to check off the box and say, nope, he's the athlete that he was. Maybe that goes back to that defense and then understanding really in a lot of the interviews, put him on the board, let him talk through things and, and see what uh, see what you have there. Um, speaking of Trenton Simpson, big number 22 there, 6'3", 225. This is a guy that played a little bit of, of everywhere. Uh, you know, safety, uh, to, to an off-ball linebacker, an edge rusher, a guy that was going to pressure. Um, Brent Venables had this guy playing just with the ferocity, right? I mean, he was a, he was the will. He was an edge rusher. He, he you know, that safety position, you know, deep safety. I enjoyed his 2021 film much more than 2022. I think when you're looking at him in, in 2022, you know, this was a guy that was being asked to do a lot more of playing in the box. And I thought he struggled at times um, coming off, getting off blocks. Um, he's at his best when you're allowing him to attack. When he's active, when you allow him to play in space, you allow him to, to come downhill, you're allowing him to, to cover um, out on the outside. And I, I think really he was asked to do a lot of different things in, in 2022. So really, I, I don't think that you know there's anything here that uh, is a negative per se. Um, I just think that 2021 form, um, he, he made a lot more plays behind the line of scrimmage. You know, more of a, a sack artist there. Um, that was something that I thought was a lot of fun to watch. Was him really 
getting after the quarterback, being able to then drop into coverage as well, make plays on the football. Um, I, I thought you saw that even, you know, Florida State game as an example this year. Um, very athletic, picking up tight ends in the passing game, picking up guys in the slot. Um, you, know, you, you loved his ability to, uh, to to give chase and get after Jordan Travis. I thought there were times where he was unable to to bring guys down in the open field as well. Um, you know, trying to shoot gaps. You know, struggled to deconstruct some of those blocks. So I think this is a guy that really needs to kind of play in space, and it kind of depends on on where he goes. What what type of player are, are you really looking for? Um, I think the Steelers could potentially use him to replace a guy like uh, Devin Bush because you know you allow him to to play in space, you allow him to to roam around, fly to the football, drop into coverage a little bit, blitz the quarterback. Um, you know, I think Trenton Simpson. It could be that guy. You just have to make sure that you have the right scheme to fit his skill set. You know, he's he's kind of that jack of all trades guy. I think you know you think about Isaiah Simmons when he came out of Clemson, and uh, you know Simmons came off the board as a top ten pick. Everyone was expecting him to be a playmaker right away, and really it was trying to find the right fit. Where what? How can we maximize this guy's skill set? And it took some time to really get him into a groove. And I think that could potentially be the same situation with Trenton Simpson. But if you can get back to what where he was uh, under Brent Venables, I think you could definitely have something at the next level. Noah Taylor, 6'5", 225. They're out of North Carolina. This was a guy, look, you know, at, at Virginia, he was a solid performer uh, for three seasons. They're with, with the Cavaliers, transfers to UNC for his final season, plays in eight games, and ultimately has a knee injury um, end of October that, that ended his season. Um, so I haven't seen anything. I, I'm, I'm assuming that um, he won't be competing because of the knee injury, but he'll be there for um, the interviews. I think that you know that's going to go a long way towards you know his, his draftability. I think he's going to have to show up really well, you know, in the, in the game film and everything. He's kind of he's a bit of a forgotten man. So I'm glad that he is still going to the combine, so that even if he is not out there on the field, that he can still make an impact as he's talking to teams. Talk to talk to the coaches, um, you know, and really um, do a great job on the chalkboard, being able to to talk X's and O's, and then show off that leadership ability as well. Um, that, that's something that I think, you know, look, he, he started off the year. He was actually their their leading sack artist with three and a half um, before ultimately that injury uh, ended his season, and so um, it's unfortunate. He's one of those guys to me that I think was kind of a, a tweener you know, with that, with the draft. Could he be a, a late day three guy, potentially an undrafted free agent? Um, you know, I, I think the combine, being able to get in front of the teams, being able to have some of those conversations, I think that'll build well for him. Charlie Thomas, Georgia Tech, 6'2", 207. Um, undersized linebacker, high motor guy, speed for days. A guy, look, you know, he pursues the football from the backside really well. Blitzes from depth off the snap. Excellent closing speed to get to the quarterback. Um, lacks the power to stun and shed blocks. So you really need to keep him clean. He's another one of those guys. He's an undersized linebacker. Um, a guy that you know really could end up playing that rover position. I think he looks pretty fluid as he's dropping into coverage a little bit. Um, you know, Again, he's effective as a blitzer. He drives downhill. Um, Getting the running backs, uh, you know, the 
the, the change of direction in coverage coming down, running back catches the ball out of the backfield. He's able to drop them in the open opening open field. Um, good pop during the initial contact when tackling. Very violent type of hitter. Um, played the sandbacker there for uh, the, the Yellow Jackets, but ultimately I think he's going to be a rover at the next level. Um, I think he can navigate, navigate blocks and tight spaces pretty well. Um, but again, he can get over engulfed. Um, he's not a guy that's going to be a linebacker, a true linebacker in the sense of the word. Um, you know, could he be like a Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa? Um, you know, one of those hybrid type linebackers, sure. And I think really the biggest thing that you want to see out of him is is that that obviously the speed on display. You know, be one of the fastest linebackers in this class, and ultimately, hopefully, that'll also translate to be one of the fastest safeties there at the combine as well, right? And uh, you know, if he's able to do that, able to show off that fluidity in his hips, you know, he's a guy that we could be talking about, you know, similar to DeMarvian Overshone and, uh, and Jalen Graham. Dalon Henley's in a different group, but I, I think, you know, Charlie Thomas is one of those guys, I, you know, you put the film on and he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and so, you know, the biggest thing that he's going to have to talk about is the missed tackles. 46 missed tackles, had three seasons with 10-plus missed tackles. That obviously is something that's not going to get it done at the next level, so he's going to have to definitely answer for that, and that's going to hurt his draft stock overall because you want to have a sure tackler in the open field. I know that he can do it. I've seen it um, on the film, dropping guys in space, but uh, doing it consistently, uh, play in and play out is really the biggest thing, so he's definitely going to have to answer that. Um Henry Tooto, number 10 there for Alabama. 6'2", 228 pounds. This guy is, is he's quick to diagnose plays. He's intelligent. He can blitz the quarterback. You know, just really puts himself in a good position to make plays against the run. You see his ability to get after the quarterback. You're blitzing. I think he gets lost at times in coverage. That's really the biggest thing that I think he's going to have to prove is, is that he can he can drop in coverage, showcase that ability um, you know, to drop, do that in, in the drills, show off the athleticism as well. This is a guy that I think has that ability to play sideline to sideline. Can we see that with uh, with some of that performance there at the combine? Um, you know, what's the what's the testing going to look like there as well? I think Toto has a chance to be a second round pick. Um, you know, so it'll just be interesting to see you know the type of athlete that shows up there at the combine. Tyrus Weed. This is an interesting dude. He's 6'2", 265 pounds, and uh, you know, 129 tackles, 25 and a half tackles for loss, 17 sacks, three interceptions, five pass breakups, five fumble recoveries as well. A guy that people really aren't talking about, but this is a dude who plays with excellent effort, his ability to, to stack and shed effectively using the, the long limbs um, that, that he has. Um, he affects passing lanes and coverage. Uh, can drive his man back. He doesn't always get off the block, but you know he has that ability to drive. Just need to keep that leg drive going, and then being able to deconstruct the block a little bit better. Um, but I think he sets a strong edge against the run. Um, I think he's proven to be able to get after the quarterback. I think when you look at guys like like Tyrus Wheat, you think about Yasir Abdullah. Um, these are guys that are, are bigger linebackers, guys that can also get after the quarterback. So you want to see the type of athlete that Tyrus Wheat is. What's that 40 time going to be? What's that 10-yard split going to be? Do you see the lower body uh, explosiveness with him? And then just how fluid is he turning the corner? Is he explosive? 
do you see the the bend, or is he a guy that's going to be a little bit stiffer to where he's going to be, you know, possibly a more of a two down backer playing, uh, setting the edge against the run. My guess is this is going to be a dude that that's going to bend a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be as flexible as some of these guys, some of these edge rushers here. But uh, you know, I think he's going to su- surprise some people because he's got a you know he played with you know at 265 pounds. He may come in you know 10 to 15 pounds lighter and uh, you know really set the world on fire with with the the agility because I think he can still make plays even at that 265 pound range. So it's going to be interesting to see what we get out of, of Tyrus Wheat. Dorian Williams, another one of my favorite linebackers, 6'2", 230 pounds out of Tulane. This dude, I mean, you put on the game against USC and he was everywhere. Eight, I mean, 18 tackles, I, I believe, in that game. He was on the kick cover team, sideline to sideline, very active, athletic dropping into coverage. Another guy with a really long wingspan. Um, he's, he's a will backer for sure. Um, stiff in some of his transitions. You love the, the closing burst. Um, you love his ability. You know, I watched him. Um, what was it against UCF? You know, really good depth and coverage. Back pedal into the passing lane as the receiver was running a dig dig route. Nearly got a pick. Got a hand on the on the football to make a play. Definitely the defensive leader. A guy that makes you know call makes the defensive play calls there on the field. A team captain. Um, just has a nose for the football. Can get a bit aggressive at times. Um, struggles at times to get off blocks as well, but I think the, there's a uh, definitely uh, a lot to work with, and I think this is the guy that could showcase some some nice speed in the 40. And the 40 time is always something that everybody's going to be looking at. But obviously, you have the three cone drill, you have the the vertical leap, the broad jump. You want to see some of that additional explosiveness, the change of direction, and um, you know the ability to 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 move laterally. And I think Dorian Williams has those skills. I'm just looking for him to showcase those at the combine. And then D. Winters, 6'1", 230 pounds, out of TCU. You watch him play, and uh, you know he was kind of a. You know, I think he'd be a will backer at the next level. I think that'd be a nice fit for him. Um, I think he flies around to the football. He seemed to play with uh, with a lot of speed, anticipation. You know, running. Um, you know, to where that football was going to be and making a lot of plays. Um, you can see him drop into coverage, zone coverage, you know, that Michigan game, all eyes on, on J.J. McCarthy. Uh, then the, the tight end, Colston Loveland, runs a slant, reads it, drifts into the throwing lane, picks off the pass, and then returns it 29 yards for the pick six. You know, a guy that was blitzing, shooting gaps. I mean, that game was a, a career game for, uh, for D. Winters. And I think, you know, Georgia really tried to, to key in on him. Um, but you saw him, you know, reading, reacting quickly on, on runs. There's an outside zone run uh, for Kenny McIntosh. He was able to get down the field to drop him in the backfield for a tackle for loss. He does get engulfed at times, unable to get off those blocks. Um, and so ultimately you kind of want to see him play in space. Uh, but he's definitely an athletic linebacker, a guy that could be a three-down backer when it's all said and done. You just want to see just how athletic he's going to be. And, and when you put this these guys in here, a lot of these guys are – are the same types of players and you know just where are they going to fit you know you get to see d winters and compare him to a guy like servassier dennis a couple of guys that could be will linebackers at the next level then you get a guy like uh like dorian williams from tulane i think he's actually longer 
than these guys. He's six two, has has a you know the height advantage, but I think that wingspan looks to be a lot longer than either of those guys. And, and so, you know, I think that could bode well for him, especially when you're talking about traits and to be able to shed blocks and uh, get hands in the passing lanes, things like that. So I'm looking forward to this linebacking group. I think there are a lot of guys that could end up making NFL rosters and making plays at the next level. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think we've been able to go ahead and get through the first day of the draft on the field. We've talked about the defensive linemen. We talked about the linebackers. We're going to get into the defensive backs next before we transition to the offense. And uh, you know we'll go ahead and take it from there. I'm continuing to study the game film, study my notes during the live film that I, that I watched, and then obviously get into the All-22, break that stuff down as well, continuing to do that. And uh, you know we'll continue to bring these podcasts fast and furious. We're a couple of months away for that NFL draft. I'll have additional mock drafts coming out after the combine. Really, the biggest thing is, is what's going to happen in free agency. I think that's really the big key. A lot of times those mock drafts change quite a bit. I, I think that the biggest rumor that's out there right now, um, you know, I think Adam Schefter and uh, Jason LaCanfora, uh, Peter King, a lot of them are announced. I think it was Peter King that, that announced that all four teams, but uh, that that Houston, Indy, Carolina, and the Raiders not really looking to bring in the veteran that they'd rather build that quarterback position through the draft. And so obviously Aaron Rodgers is still out there. He's going to be a, a key figure. But um, you know when you look at these teams, I, I think you think Houston, you think Bryce Young, because he's the most polished, I think, of the quarterbacks. I think when you look at a team like uh, like Indy, Indy could probably you know look at C.J. Stroud. I look at Carolina. To me, that feels like the right fit for Anthony Richardson um, with a guy like Frank Reich. You know, I think that feels feels like the right fit. I mean, the Lions potentially there at six. I mean, they got Jared Goff on the roster for another year. You let Anthony Richardson learn under him. That could potentially tip the scales there for the Lions. So that could be an interesting fit as well. And then you have Will Levis. I'm just looking at the Raiders, and for some reason, Will Levis just feels like a Raider, doesn't he? I, I don't know why, but he feels like the type of guy that's going to go in there, that, that tough linebacker mentality. And, and so I, I think as I continue to think about this draft and think about where guys are going to go, I think you're going to see a lot of trades there, teams trying to get up and get their quarterback. Um, I think there's a good chance that all four quarterbacks come off the board in the top ten. I think it's going to be really crazy because those teams are so desperate for a quarterback. I think it's going to be interesting. Stay tuned here for the next couple of months leading up to the NFL draft. Um, you know, I'll give you a lot of my thoughts and perspective um, as we get closer and closer to the Bears officially being on the clock. Or, depending on, on what happens, I think there's likely to be a trade. The Bears need assets. So um, the Bears for now on the clock, but I think before the draft actually hits, we're going to be talking about a different team actually being on the clock. So stay tuned until then for readyforthedraft.com where you can catch all of my my rankings and ultimately my mock drafts. My seven-round mock draft is out there, but I need to get that updated, especially after the combine. This has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. And until next time, I am...